Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is my dear friend, Kevin Aviance, who I've known for years and years and years, but we haven't gotten to see each other in quite some time. So we really just have a good old kiki together today on our episode. We're going to talk a lot about the ballroom and Vogue scene of which Kevin is legendary within. We're going to talk about our representation. We're going to talk about Vogue and ballroom culture representation in the media. And we're going to talk about small surprises happening in big ways, or is it big surprises happening in unexpected ways? Whatever. We're going to talk about surprises. <laughs> All that and more today on a brand new episode of Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> M. Oh. M. Mom. everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by musician, designer, personality, and drag legend, not to mention Vogue Ballroom Superstar. It's Kevin Aviance. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Jinx. <laughs> How are you? How have you been? Life is great. It's amazing. What about you, girl? You're the one who's oh, turning honey. it right now, girl. Listen, they hear me talk about myself plenty. Let's start <laughs> with you. Um, first and foremost, congratulations, Kevin, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. And yes. congratulations to you, too. It's a, it's a wonderful time to be queer. And it's also it a scary time to be queer. Isn't that funny? Yep. Isn't yes. it funny yes. that we're like experiencing this renaissance in some ways, especially with like representation in mainstream media in a way I never thought possible. Right. We're going to get to some of your mainstream accomplishments. <laughs> but at the same time that we're experiencing this love and support in a new way, in a very, very large way, we're also being attacked for it. And that's always been the case, but right now it feels especially pointed. Um, but we're going to get into all of that. First and foremost, um, you and I met in Provincetown, what, nine years yeah, ago? 2014. Four plus six is, is three more. Nine years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do all the math. I can't. I just saw a math. picture I had of you. I was just like this girl. Oh, my God. I can't believe I have the picture of Jinx. It's so funny. It's so funny. Uh, we met in Provincetown. Um, I was doing, that was my first time taking a show to Provincetown. It was the Vaudevillians at the art house. Right. And you had, you were hosting, what was that? Sh the, the, Audition. The, 
audition. I wanted to say auditions. I wanted to say auditions, but I thought I was wrong. And I thought that's going to be so cunty if I'm like, you were hosting the show called Auditions. <laughs> <laughs> One day a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I loved was seeing you with your Gandalf staff, your I wife. Know queer wizard staff walking through the town and your caftans holding your staff. Um, let's talk a little bit about you, Kevin Aviance, and how you came to be who you are known as today, which is you are a legend in the Vogue and ball scene. You are, you're just, you know, you're, you're drag queer royalty and you've been around for forever, but how would the kids best know you? Where's your impact best seen in I our I think community? my best impact would be just being a um, performance queen. You know what I mean? I did yeah. a lot of after hours. She's famous for doing after hour parties for Junior Vasquez. And um, yeah. I perform my ass off, you know, it's like 4.30 <laughs> in the morning until 9 o'clock, 9 in the morning. And did these shows that were just like really, really incredible and had the support of the of the venue and of Junior and just lights and the camera in action, you know, what a drag queen loves most. And just uh, being bald headed and not tucking. <laughs> <laughs> um, so very much in the spirit of gender fuck, fuck gender. Um, yeah, <laughs> bald headed and not tucking, you know, um, to each their own. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, recently you have experienced, um, uh, what's crazy about this story is you didn't know it was happening. That's yes. the detail I didn't know about. Yes. So Beyonce used a snippet of your song, Cunty in pure slash honey um or is it just called pure honey anyway off her newest album renaissance and you didn't know that this was happening until the album came out right so you're just listening to beyonce like every good queer person should and right. <laughs> and and then all of a sudden your own song comes on right and tell us a little bit about that so I am in bed. I just went to bed and I woke up and my friend was here and he was like, uh, the album dropped. I said, okay. So I woke up and listened to it. And I'm listening to it. I'm like getting life from it. Like really getting a lot of life, you know, like, like, oh, wow. This like feels new. It feels old. It feels fierce. I said, she's really carrying, you know what I mean? Like really yeah. carrying. I never, I never heard her carry the way she's carrying on this one. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, we get to the, to the final tracks, and all of a sudden, they hear I went, what? And I passed out. <laughs> you passed out? I passed out. <laughs> I remember the, like everything rushing to my head, and I passed out. Uh, and I, just, like, I couldn't believe it. I woke up from out of that, and I just like listened to it again, and I was mad, upset, angry, happy. like, like All the emotions. You know, the emotions and everything, and, the, and I gagged, you know. Um, my phone was ringing off the hook, you know, people were gagging, and I didn't check my phone yet, but my phone was just like crazy, and I yeah. didn't know what was going on. I just thought it was, I didn't know if I was being bamboozled. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if, was, <laughs> I didn't know if, they, if they were like, you know, I didn't know what was going on. And then, um, comes to find out my producer of Cunty, he knew about it, but went on vacation and forgot to tell me. No, that's yeah. just something you forget to tell someone. He's not very excited about Beyonce. He's just not excited about her. I he see, said he, I see. He was like, you know, he didn't hear anything. So he was just like, thought nothing of it. And the 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 band, he, he wanted to go on vacation so bad. And so he's in Tuscany and he was just like, let's see, he went to Italy and that's, you know, told me after the fact. I'm just like, you idiot. Have you lost uh, your mind? You know, so, but it was a beat. I don't know if I would have changed anything, James. I like, kind of liked the way I found out. You know what I mean? Oh it yeah, it's. A, I mean, because that's so much. That's very memorable. First of all, and <laughs> and what a surprise! But I'm gonna ask the question that's on. I'm sure every listener's mind, right. which is when your song gets sampled in such a way. 
Mm-hmm. Are you seeing any coin from this, or are well, or like are you everyone, just happy to be part of the experience? <laughs> like I tell everyone, don't count my coins. And second of all, <laughs> <laughs> perfect answer. <laughs> and um, second of all, I am um, T D B. Sorry, B did not come all this way not to cross her eyes and T's, cross the dot her eyes and cross her T's. Totally. So you know, um, just know that um, things are good, and yeah. That's all we need to know. Things are yeah. good. I'm satisfied. I guess, no, the question comes out of, you know, um, really like making sure that queer artists who have influenced art, media, entertainment, the whole time, the, let's right. not even set a date, the whole time, right? just the whole time. Right. <laughs> I'm talking back <laughs> in ancient Greece. You know it was the queens who were putting on uh, putting on the bacchanal <laughs> at the end of the festival. Don't get me started. Like you know, there was a Kevin Aviance in ancient Greece making sure the orgy went well and, <laughs> and entertaining the denizens of the orgy at four thirty okay, in the girl. morning under uh, during Saturnalia. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> What I'm trying to say is, you know, uh, I'm just glad that we want so much from our gay icons. Yes. And like, who's a bigger gay icon right now? Like current queen of the gays. Then <laughs> um, Beyonce. I guess you could say it's kind of jointly held by Beyonce and Lady Gaga. And we can feel good about and that because they did that music video together. <laughs> what I'm really like, really happy about the Beyonce thing is that she took a, gr- a group of people that was getting kind of shunned a lot within, the, within our own community, the black community. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, you know, especially with hip hop and everything. And just, she just took us and she held us up and she put us up in the air. And she said, these people have a story. They're beautiful. Their music's beautiful. They have a story to tell and, they're, and they are part of us. So let's recognize these people and let's, let's stop this. And that's what was so fierce about the whole thing. A lot of times when these these divas or whatever, they, they come around, they use us, whatever the kids be, they don't sure. really hold us up. And yeah. held us up. And so when you have a black woman holding yeah. a black fag, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Only her, she, she's the only one that could really do it. Uh, and, you're, uh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. and then she's like, and then she's like totally, totally standing there with us going, you know, thank you for this and thank you for this. And everyone else needs to say thank you for your art too. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. Like Hearing amazing. you describe it that way, it's just, it's so beautiful to hear that. And yeah, we, you know, it was a big conversation mm-hmm. um, at the height of the BLM movements during, not to say that Black Lives Matter is over right. or, that it, or that it completed itself or anything, but at the height of, you know, when we were um, in lockdown and right. also protesting for uh rights and equality, um, the conversation came up about like, we are also fighting for black queer people, black trans people, and not to leave them out of that equation. And that did, it seemed that it created tension within- It was sensitive, very sensitive, yes. And to see someone of Beyonce's stature and where she is in life, and to know that a big part of why she is there is because of the queer people who influenced her work, the queer people who have supported her every step of her journey. And then to see her give back in that way, which we don't often see. And like you said, when we do see it, it's very performative. It's very much like, here's, here's a moment for you, but this is about me. Right. It's, it's very much about how can these queer people look good in my music video to make me look like I'm very down to earth? Thanks. I love you so (laughs) much. So to see Beyonce do it in an earnest, authentic way that really did feel, and to hear you describe it feeling like you were lifted up and held there. That's beautiful. You know, it really is. And, Madonna, for all her cuckoo banana antics, you know, she also um, lifted up and held Mickey Blanco in a big way. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. Which was yeah, very exciting definitely. to see. Yeah. So yeah. 
you know, there are bright spots in these dark times. Um, yes. But it's, but you know it, what? Doing all that whole pandemic, doing the pandemic and everything, you know, I, I was really, really excited about all the stuff that's happening after the fact. You know, mm-hmm. I love the Sam, all the Sam Smith stuff, even though he's just like he's like he's like a new gay, um, yeah. but you know, <laughs> just fresh out of the womb. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, I, but at the same time, I just I really appreciate it to know that it's kind of punk rock what's going on right now. You know what I mean? So I like I love that. I really love that. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Let's talk a little bit about how you got to this point in your life. Now, um, I'm not I'm not going to ask anything about what age you are now, but suffice it to say, you've been around a while. <laughs> um, and I have here in my notes from my lovely producer that um, you uh, had your first drag experience in seventh grade. And I got to yeah. tell you, that's like the same story for me. It was like fifth 13, grade, actually. Fifth four, grade. Fifth grade? Yeah. Well, still. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk a little bit about what was, like, uh, when did you hear the call? When when did the clouds part and well, my voice Divine pointed high. her, her <laughs> finger down at you? My voice is very high at the time. And um, I, uh, I was in elementary school and uh, they had a talent contest and I stole my sister's dress and her, her high heels and her, which actually her wedge platforms and uh, the scarf that she had. So the green oh, dress. wedge platforms. Scarf. That's very yeah. sensible. And, um, <laughs> and uh, these, uh, this, the scarf I wore like a babushka on my head, like this. Uh-huh. And the green dress was like, like up to here with little ruffles and stuff, but to the floor. And, um, I had the uh, 45 for I Will Survive. And uh-huh. on the on the other side was the instrumental version. So I put that in the competition, had my mother come to, to the school and beat my face. And she was like, listen, if you don't win this thing, I don't want to hear anything about it. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing, uh-huh. nothing. I was like, your father cannot find out about this, okay? I said, okay, mom, it's fine. And, um, There'll be no crying, nothing. She wanted nothing of it for part of it. She was really supportive at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, well, uh, she was. She, be- she was there to beat your face, but she right. basically she said, her fashion fair, "You either fun. win or, <laughs> or I don't want to hear about it." That's what. And that's what so, I'm hearing. <laughs> so I was very dramatic. I waited till I did the first. I was afraid. I was petrified. And right uh-huh. when gone, I'll go walk out the door. I come walking out to the audience, you know, and they're just like. Done because the whole school and the teachers, they're just like, uh-huh. like. So after I finished it, I laid on the ground. I did everything. I did da, 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 da. I did the last show, the last number, the last part of the show, and and the, the silence, silence, and all of a sudden, woo! I was yeah. Like, wow. Okay, oh, good, 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 good. and I won it. So, congrats! Yeah. Wow, I I love. <laughs> I love that story. Um, I I gotta say, for me, it was middle school, but I did a talent show in drag. What I did was I did fake psychic readings of oh. this drag persona that I came up with, and I did it as an as an act. And I would bring up, I, I would go into the audience and do fake psychic readings on the other students and stuff, and um, and then. The f- I, I did this character multiple times throughout the years. Miss Lily 
<laughs> um, what would Miss Lily say now? What would Miss Lily say now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. She she was very condescending. She'd probably say to both of us, like, you're very proud of yourselves, aren't you? Um, <laughs> Kevin, um, I have talked a lot about... Um, I've talked a lot about my struggles with substance abuse and addiction, and I don't require you to talk about your own experiences, but should you care to um, share any, how did you overcome your own substance abuse issues? What was the way that helped you out of it? And what would you say to anyone listening right now who is questioning their own relationship to I am not I'm not sober you know since I still drink and everything me neither I still smoke all the weed in the world (laughs) but I am not um I am not listen I want I didn't I didn't I was had the biggest fear of not waking up so so me dealing with that fear I had to find some sort of way to just 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 cope with it because I mean mean, I'm a drag queen I like to I like to have my cocktails when I'm working I like to like to have a little bit of weed when I want to and stuff like that but otherwise all the other hard stuff was just very much um I was very scared you know I was a very nervous scared person half the time most of the time if I'm not performing or never been a drag so you know it's kind of like it it also was also a um a uh other addiction with, I guess, with sex and everything like that, that was just mm-hmm. part of the whole thing. So I had to learn to love myself a little bit better. You know what I mean? And yeah. know that I was worthy of love. I was worthy to have sex. I was worthy to be desired. I was really, that was, that was, I think that was more about that than it was about me just being on drugs. Um, yeah. And, and, and the confident level, you know what I mean? I was, you know, the older I've gotten, I've loved, I love myself more than I've ever now than I did when yeah. I was younger. And um, that's helped out so much. You know what I mean? Um, and also, I, I, say- I, 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 I like going to bed. I like waking up. You know, <laughs> I like all that stuff. I like watching my Netflix in bed and going to, you know, just doing my thing. You know what I mean? I got to say, so much of what you just said is exactly the same for me. You know, like, so my, I, I do want to read you this because I think it's funny in the notes that I have. Um <laughs> This is this is how Joseph writes notes to me. Overcame a bad crack habit. <laughs> Just very matter of fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so you know, booze was booze was my issue, right? I've never had a I've never had a taste for the harder stuff, like. Mm. I have so many friends who just love Coke, Kevin, and I've never been into it. And I've given it a shot even. You know, I thought Coke seems like a fun drug. (laughs) It's just not for me. Alcohol was the thing that I became addicted to because it helped me disassociate. It helped me step out of my own. What I realized Rue said this to me so many times on All Star 7. I don't know how many times made it to air, but <laughs> Rue would say to me, um, uh, if you get, become addicted to something, it must be that there was a payoff at some point. And what's the payoff? And are you still getting that payoff? And is it still worth the, the struggle for the payoff? And what I realized recently was the payoff of alcohol was I stopped caring what everyone else thought about me. And I stopped carrying the weight of the world on my shoulders. And I stopped worrying about everything, really. And it was the only time I ever relaxed was when I was drunk. And that's a when you find the reason why... And you were talking about self-love. That was a big part of it, too. Like, I didn't give a shit so I could have fun with my friends or have fun out in these social settings because I stopped caring about whether everyone thought I was attractive or funny or interesting. The problem was, is I convinced myself I was all those things. (laughs) And I ignored when people were like, hey, you're not really being those things right now. You're really just kind of a drunk idiot. Right, right, right. right. (laughs) And you know know what? I had a lot of 
I had a lot of these naysayers, these not naysayers, a lot of these people that just like did my bidding for me. So they would just like not say anything to me and they would just like allow me to do whatever I wanted to. And that's where it got really nasty. When I was left alone yeah. by myself, living my now, all that stuff and how uncomfortable I was and how how ugly I felt and how how unmasculine I felt and how mm-hmm. I was turning to this older queen and I was doing there was just like my thirties and stuff, this and all this happened and you know, I just, I just, I gagged, girl. I gagged. And I was just like, you know, I wasn't black enough. I wasn't this enough. I wasn't this enough. It was just, it was crazy. All the things that we had to deal with at one time. But, you know, on the other end of it right now, girl, I feel, oh, I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel, I feel like the Kevin I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to be. I'm just sitting in my, I am, you know, I knew all the things that happened to me in the past that were really wonderful, incredible. I didn't know this, they were really repaired. Prepare me for what's going on now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's so great about the whole thing. It's like, I'm really in this moment and I, I enjoy it. I feel it. And it feels new. You know what I mean? I didn't feel it last time. I didn't feel like goosebumps talking about it, girl. Goosebumps. <laughs> you know? I, I hear you completely. You know, I won, I won drag race twice, 10 years apart from each other. And I got to tell you, it's it was it's been very different the second time right. because I feel ready for it. And I thought I was ready for it the first time. Right. Like I, and I did make, I, I had a great time, you know, like I thought I was ready for it and I made the most out of that moment, I believe. And, and I had some really great moments and then I had some, you know, like sad moments and some scary moments. But what I found out was, just in your 20s, <laughs> it's hard to actually be ready for it. Yes. You know, you might feel ready and you might feel hungry for it. And who knows, maybe it happens and and, and it's great. But for me, you know, I, it needed I was with that a, 10 years. <laughs> I was with a dear friend at the time and we were watching you on the second time around. And I was like, wow. Jinx ain't fucking around, girl. She's, I said, that's the Jinx I kind of met in Pizza. I don't know this Jinx. This Jinx, she is really focused. And she's mm-hmm. coming to slay these bitches. They better watch out. And my friend was just like, yeah, I really feel like she's going to really turn these children out. I said, girl, they better get ready. That's a professional there. That, that girl <laughs> really come to the play. And you know what? That was right, you know? So totally right, you know? Kevin, let's talk a little bit. Of course, there's a lot of overlap with drag and Vogue and ballroom, but they are not all the same thing. Right. So um, what are the big, what are the key tenets of Vogue and ballroom? Okay, so the story is this girl. When I walked the ball, I got chopped. Each and every time, girl. Chop, <laughs> chop, 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 chop. To the point that it made me psychotic, girl. Okay? Uh-huh. Psychotic. Like I mm-hmm. could not get my tens. <laughs> I stopped doing it. I stopped seeing those people. I stopped doing it. And then all of a sudden I started doing music. And Kunti and Dada were our staples in the in the in the ballroom um community. And I gagged. I was like, wow. I got through. Like I got through. And you know, it was for because of uh DJ the late Von Lore. And um he just like, you know, Kunti became the like a uh, film queen performance. So for for the for the film queen girls, so that was like you know females and trans girls, you know, and they would do their vogue craziness and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then um and then then Dada was hands performance. So when you when you make music for that and they still use it to this day, I mean those songs are over twenty some years old. And just to like get the accolades from your own people, you know what I mean? People yeah. that are just like you, you know what I mean? It's a girl. It made me feel so real. So finally, I still didn't feel I was complete yet because I still did not get my tens. So they had <laughs> there was a ball and there was a club category. And I walked uh-huh. that ball and I won. I got my tens. So yeah. I was like, over, over, over. Never to do it again because I got my tens. And um, <laughs> But the ballroom is a place where if you are from somewhere that did not accept you and doesn't see you. And you come to the ballroom as a 007, which is without a house, um, 007, um, you you learn, you know, you learn how to vote, you learn how to walk, you learn how to do all these things if you wanted to do those things. And you 
get hooked onto a group of people, which probably become your family. You take on the last name and they love you. You know what I mean? It's not as simple as that, but that's yeah. what it's about. Sure. Um, to, to, to have that camaraderie of being able to live and to do what you want and to get accolades for that, that helps out so much for you being a person. You know what I mean? There's so many people I know that are out no longer in the ballroom, but they got their confidence from the ballroom, you know? So uh -huh. the ballroom is a beautiful, incredible, safe place for anyone who does not feel like they are safe or they're not incredible. You know what I mean? They want to yeah. feel like they, they, I don't know. I just, I'm really, um, really happy that the ballroom has been there and they control it and they, um, they, they, they protect it. And, um, I'm really proud that they call me a legend within the ballroom because um, that that to me is just such a beautiful um, award. You know what I mean? Because when my own kids see me, you know what I mean? It's just amazing. If my life can touch anybody out there in the Midwest or somewhere in the middle of nowhere to come and be a star, then honey, your job is done, right? So, yeah. you know, it makes me feel really, really good that that work is out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And we are now seeing um, lots more representation of ballroom. What I love is we're seeing uh, like the show Legendary. Right. Um, it's about ballroom starring people from ballroom, people right. currently doing ballroom. It's not just outsiders talking about ballroom. <laughs> you right, know? right. We get to see it in action and... Um, I'm actually friends with someone who was um, um, a part of the uh, family Aura from uh -huh. Portland. Okay. Um, I'm friends with um, Sephora the Aura. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's just, you know, okay, so like I am very much just a white drag queen, dive bar drag queen, right? And I knew about Vogue my whole life. But it wasn't until I had to do the work to learn about ballroom. Right. And now there's a lot more resources for right. queer people to learn about ballroom. But when, right. you know, I very much love just like seeing that it exists, right? You know, it's, <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's our gay dance, first of all. Exactly. It's our gay dance. It's like, and these kids go through hell to yeah. learn how to do all this stuff. Girl, okay, first of all, you know I've had my history play since then, since I've seen yeah. you last, okay? So these children, I'm like, girl, get your life, get your insurance, girl, for your medical, because you're going to have to have the work done after these, throwing your body on the ground so much. I hope they listen to me because, you girl, I have done enough dancing and carrying on, da, 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 that I, I mean, <laughs> worn heels for, what, 20 years, and then they had to get my hips replaced. So it's kind of like, you know, you you have to like take care of yourself. That's one thing I'm just like I, I cringe when I see these kids bogey and stuff because they yeah. really put their bodies to it. But on the other hand of it, what dancer does it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Dancers are that that's what you dance. Well, and with. and there's there's where we're like talking about overlap with drag and Vogue and ballroom. Is I mean like we queer people, we do it a thousand percent. Yes. We don't hold fucking back. I mean, you see it on Drag Race. You see the girls jumping off of this and that and slamming <laughs> themselves to the ground. I see it at shows. I mean, you see Varla Jean Merman do it in Wigstock. Like, it's just something that queer people were like, we're not afraid to fucking put ourselves through the ringer. Because I was talking with um, a castmate in Chicago about this recently about, you know, he was just kind of talking about his character, but also him. As mm -hmm. a queer black man, he has to be 10 times better than everyone else around him. So, you know, when you are a queer person, to be respected doing the same thing, you know, as, you know, as a straight, like, heteronormative person next to you, right? you have to be find the way that you're going to stand out and overcome their perception of you. Right. You know, and I think that is what motivates us to slamming ourselves into the ground if that's what's going to win the ball, you exactly. know? <laughs> Now, how do you feel about how Ballroom and Vogue is being 
Oh, I think, it's, I think it's incredible. I think it's I think it's wonderful. I think you know it it allows the kids to make more money. It allows mm-hmm. the um it allows the you know to, to, as long as they control it, you know, control the narrative and doesn't have like people come in and take it and steal it and da 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 like the the, the, the Jenny Livingston people they're from they're like the Paris is burning. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was such a scandal. You know what I mean? Such yeah. a scandal. How you know they all were pretty much you know. That's just too poor, and they died, and then you know it's just it's, that that thing makes me cry. That that whole movie. Every time I see Paris is Burning, I cry. Um, yeah. But um, I am happy to see that the uh, kids are, you know, using it to catapult themselves. You know what I mean? I mean, like La Roach. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. come on, that that queen is fucking amazing. You know what I mean? And but he's sitting there. He's he's from the ballroom, and he's sitting there judging the girls, letting them have it. Look, he fears, but then he has to go to work later on, you know, to do yeah. his job, you know. And I think it's I think it's fab. I think that's so fab how it can you can turn this into something else, and it can still as long as you're still connected to it and not be ashamed of that. You know what I mean? So many people have so much shame within our own community about what they did in the past. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? You know, it's just like, well, that's what got you the way you are, girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, that's, I mean, like, honestly, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> oh, you know, it was a moment. It was an aha moment for me. You know, Peaches Christ. Yeah. Um, who is sober. She's like sober, sober. I'm like, you know, I'm sober from alcohol and I really only smoke weed, but she's sober, sober. And she always likes to tease everyone about like, oh, you're having another drink? Hmm, I'm sober, so I'll just be, you know, drinking my dad Coke, getting to bed early, waking up tomorrow, being good. You know, like she likes to lord it over people. I was like, do you do that because it makes it more no, fun? No, 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 I, no. no. I, I asked her, no, 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 not you, honey. I asked Peaches. Do you do that because it makes it more fun for you? And she said, yeah, if I didn't have a sense of superiority, I wouldn't have any fun being sober. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That's wow. so now. So now I tease my friends the same way, but or I tease myself like I like to talk a lot about like if this was 10 years ago, I'd still be out <laughs> till 6 a.m. <laughs> you know, sticking dollars and G strings and stuff. But instead, <laughs> instead, it's midnight and I'm ready to eat a bowl of soup and go to bed, you know, <laughs> You find yourself like um, my thing is that you know my during the pandemic I made sure that I was going to go in a cocoon and I was going to come out of the butterfly. Mm-hmm. I swear to you, God, I that's what I did to myself. That's the only way I was going to get through this whole thing, right? Yeah. So going to cocoon, I went to classes online, DJing. I did this, I did this. I put myself out there on Instagram. I started DJing. Now I'm playing everywhere. Okay, play doing all these little gigs and stuff, and it's, it's amazing. So. Do you find yourself, um, if you didn't do those sort of things, you'd find yourself where you are right now? Like, I know for a fact, if I did not do those things, I would exactly. not like, get me, get my universe together back in the realm of the of the waves of the earth and the world and yeah. kumbaya and all that. You know, I just really feel like it would not have, it wouldn't have gone this way. You know what I mean? Anything, you know? Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's you've got to be open-minded to how you can make the most out of each moment. You know, you've got to like, you've got to have the trust and faith in yourself that when times get hard, you're going to find a way. When the pandemic happened, I had just spent a bunch of money on my hair transplant and I was going to make all that money back because I had these gigs lined up that were going to be my big gigs that year. And it was like a shoe in. I was just going to make that money back and everything was going to be fine. So like, you know, I don't have much money to my name when the pandemic started. And then I watched all my gigs disappear and I was so depressed and I was so scared because I was like, I just spent all this money (laughs) because I was going to make it back. Right. And then me and my business partner, Kenneth, we just looked at each other and said, okay, so what are we going to do now? And we immediately shifted gears. And I'm not saying any of this to brag. I'm saying this is just what we had to do to survive. We immediately shifted gears. I was on Instagram live like a day later, you know, after all my gigs were canceled. And and then we started building a digital way to 
communicate with our audience. And I just did absolutely every possible thing I could do to keep us afloat. And through that, yeah, I got to the point of being the person you saw in All Star 7. So I needed that sense of, oh my God, the rug's been pulled out from under me. I have to shift gears, shift perspective, and figure something else out. Like now. (laughs) Okay, so we've got Drag Race on television. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but Drag Race is this pretty popular show. Anyway, how do you feel um, that Vogue and Ballroom is being represented on Drag Race? And when um, queens are using voguing uh, in their lip syncs, is it easy to tell when there's a queen who's like voguing or using ballroom technique who actually is from the ballroom world? I think, I think you know, uh, there's this bit of like, you need to uh, learn more how to do it. There's a difference between throwing your body on the ground and laying your body on the ground. These kids uh-huh. are throwing their bodies on the ground. And then when you do that, throw their bodies on the ground and they, they like shake. That, that to me is the wrong way of doing it. Uh-huh. Um, I understand you trying to get effects and you're trying to get things done a certain way. You show people you can do, but there's a bit of grace that you have <laughs> to um, do it. I'm not saying I don't get on the floor. I've always, I've never been a floor queen, so I don't do that because I just don't do that. But I can appreciate someone who does it and loves to do it, and they are very eloquent. They're incredible by laying their bodies on the ground slowly or big or even just throwing it on the body, throwing it yeah. on the floor. Uh, but Sometimes on Drag Race, it gets a little cringy. <laughs> um, or they do the split, and it's half a split. It like goes <laughs> this way instead of this way. Or it's uh, just like, you know, maybe it's because of the tuck. Maybe. I don't know. I just think that, um, you know. But, you know, I... I, You know, it's all about creativity, right? And, and just yeah, doing yeah. it that way. I'm not a Drag Race queen i'm not one of those girls i'm not someone who de- desires me i did th- at one time was thinking about getting it on good, trying to get on that show it was like a, for a moment but then i was like this but kevin what are, they, what are you gonna do with that what are you gonna do with this show like you know you, you and miss rue are not going to be i don't know what's gonna happen girl that's not cute so um so i got over that really fast and um but i can appreciate um the the game show aspect of the show you know what I mean? So yeah. that that to me makes it fun. But when the girls are dancing around and doing anything, I you know some girls can't dance. You know what I think it is is it, it's like it, it's what uh, drag race requires a lot of the queens because if you think about it, you know you're gonna have your specialties, and of course you're not gonna like. You're not going to be great in the areas that aren't your specialties, right? Right. (laughs) Since Drag Race has been around long enough, you know, people prepare for it and they like, they brush up on the things they're not the strongest at. Right. But I think what you're talking about is sometimes it's hard to watch, uh, you know, when someone doesn't really have the technique to back up what they're trying to do. Right. Right. You want to watch people do things they're good at because they work to be good at it, right? Right. Not like, it's like, okay, so I can compare it to like when I'm watching singing performances right? and someone is like screaming rather than singing. And I'm going to be completely like transparent. I'm someone for a long time, I thought the way to impress people with my singing was to be as loud as possible and show mm-hmm. how loud I can be or how high I can sing and how high and loud I can sing at the same time, you know? And what I've learned is the last like five years or so, I've been leaning more into the technique rather than trying to show off. Right. And everyone's been telling me, you sound the best you've ever sounded. And I'm like, but I'm not doing these tricks. I'm not showing off. But what I'm showing off instead is technique. Right. And that's what I think we're right now that, now that we've seen so many seasons of Drag Race, I think everyone's kind of hungry for like technique. show me show me the technique, not just the the party tricks. 
So I think that's when I, I was telling another friend, I said, you know, it'd be nice to see a drag race that's judged by drag queens. You know what I mean? And like, like some legends that are out there that are just don't, you know, that people really don't know about, but that are just like incredible. And they just like, you know, they sit there and they judge the queens. You know what I mean? I think that would be a great way for kids to learn like one drag race, like, okay, sorry, girls, you're going to be judged by your own peers and you're going to have to deal with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Which are going to be, girls are going to leave their crying. They're going to leave their upset, mad and upset. But you know what? That shit makes you fucking strong, girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love it when another queen sees me or sees me and doesn't, and doesn't live for it. I live for it. I live with <laughs> I live for critique. I live for um, trying to make myself better. I live for that. You know what I mean? You're not always on point. You know what I mean? So Yeah. I think it's like, you know, because there's definitely a difference. There's definitely a difference between constructive c- critique and people just like tearing you down. Right. And I think we're at this place where we're still learning how to tell the difference between one and the other. Right. Because like, even just like, I know like art schools these days are backing off a little bit, you know, backing off telling a student, you're not really talented, you know? What? <laughs> Some art schools, I mean, like, Practices are changing. And it's like, yeah, I don't want anyone to feel shitty or worthless. But I also don't want the industry to be flooded with people who aren't very good at what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like we got to learn. We got to be able to still have the nuanced conversations. We got to still be able to take notes and critiques and constructive criticism even in even in an era where we're trying to be mindful and conscious and considerate of other people's feelings, let's not conflate, you know, constructive criticism with bullying. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, I, you know, I am I'm one of these queens like I'm, you know, I believe, you know, either you're conscious or you're not. I mean, that's that that's where I was brought up on, right? And when it came down to he, she, them, they, you know, all that stuff, you know, it just kind of like was like, I'm not, I'm not being bothered with that. I'm not being bothered. I'm bothered with it now. Of course they do it now, but it's, it's just like, it was so hard for me to just to like, you know, to simplify and be like, girl, either you're con or you're not. Here you want blank, you know, either you're fierce or you're not. Or you, this, 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 stop with all this shit. But then I was realized, you know, some people are just like, you know, need, need a little bit more, um, uh, um, empathy for them, you know what I mean? And just be able to, you know, push them through. Things weren't as hard as when I came up. Things were very hard, but I thought that was just the way things are and that's the way things is and that's the way it is, you know what I mean? And I can handle it. But, um, you know, with all these other, like, PC and all this stuff, it's made people softer, but I do, I like that that allows people to be themselves more, you know what I mean? And... To just, yeah. you know, let them be, you know what I mean? And well, you know, I think it's I, I think it's definitely that you can you can be mindful and conscious and PC and still be honest and direct. It's you know what I think the big thing is, is we all need to feel more comfortable having uncomfortable conversations. Yes. Right. We all need to stop avoiding a conversation because it's uncomfortable. Because that's what our society has always done. And that's why it's such a fight to ask for our place in our society. You know, it's because for so long, we just didn't have the uncomfortable conversation about gender or trans people or sexuality or, you know, and now we're having the uncomfortable conversations and so many people are so resistant to it. Right. That that's how we get to where we are. I think we need to, you know, like not all conversations are fun, but that doesn't, you know, like a lot of unfun conversations are extremely necessary. That's how you have a good relationship with another person is you tackle the uncomfortable conversations so that, so that resentment doesn't grow. And right. so that, you know, so, but that all said, <laughs> it's like, you know, Dela is my sister. Dela and I collaborate with each other constantly. We are very sensitive to each other's emotions, what, what the other one deals with in life, blah, 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 blah. 
And at the end of the day, we can still tell each other that joke's not funny. You weren't your best today. I need you to show up for me a little bit more. We can have the tough conversations as, you know, family. That's how we should be treating it. Like treat it like the love is unconditional. And then the conversation doesn't feel so uncomfortable. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Kevin, thank you so much for being my guest today. I have such some a com- pleasure. Such a pleasure. <laughs> I have some compulsory questions that I ask every guest, okay. and you can answer them however you feel. Okay. Um, the first question is: Who is your celebrity crush today? My celebrity crush would be. Really, girl? <laughs> yeah, come think, on! I think Timothy Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet. Um, he gets I can't to, help it. No, you don't have to help it. He's objectively attractive. He's got that little, like, French twink, like, like, like he witnessed his own parents' death, and now he's like a beautiful, tortured soul. That's what he looks like. Tortured yeah. soul, Kevin. I said tortured <laughs> soul. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, just him and him, the way he's, you know, I call this, those, you know, they're all these stars, you know, they're all fagging out with his clothing and everything like that. <laughs> I love them all fagging out. I think it's just like so hot. I just oh. think, just, they just, like, when they're these clothing, these little skinny boys are wearing, I'm just like, Okay, girls, you girls are carrying on. I just love it. I love it. I think it's really, really adorable. I and mean, you know what? I have to say Lil Nas X, too. I have to say Lil Nas, too. Lil oh, Nas X yeah. is like, he is just like carrying, girl. I just oh, fuck yeah. And he's so fucking hot. I just like, damn, yeah. boy, you are just like, <laughs> God needs to make like, they, made, they need to make more of you, child. You are just too much, you know? But go ahead, continue. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I agree with... I was just going to say, you were talking about... I've said it before, but one of the sexiest images of my my lifetime was Harry Styles in that pink tutu for SNL. He did a whole photo shoot in a pink tutu in tights. And I thought it was... I thought it was so sexy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, My goodness. Uh, So you and I have similar (laughs) tastes. We've now learned that. My next question for you is, are you spiritual? Girl, I am so spiritual. I am. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not watch me be lie down in green pastures, girl. I am a Southern (laughs) Black Baptist girl, girl, you know. Um, When I sing gospel, it's like it comes out of me. Like, you can't believe it's me singing. It's like, uh-huh. it just comes out of me and like, there's no struggle. I struggle with my singing because, you know, I'm either on or I'm not. Da, da, da. But when I'm singing yeah. gospel, I never struggle with it, you know? And mm-hmm. so I keep it, it's very close to me by the way I was brought up. I mean, I, I don't I don't go to a church here in New York. Mm-hmm. It, it's a little too commercial. It's a little too much for me because I grew up at like a country church. Mm-hmm. So, but I do praise. I do praise at home. I praise once a week. I have my ceremonies here. My 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 uh, sermons here myself. I listen to um, people on my radio or I listen to my gospel music. Whatever it gets to be, I, I carry here at the house. So it's it's a wonderful thing. And I do believe that without him, I really would be anywhere at all. So, do you definitely. have a favorite? Do you have a favorite gospel hymn? Yes, I do. Um, I, my song it's it's growing Shirley Feeney. Well, she'll save your records and she's a what a what a friend we have in the Lord Jesus, in the Lord Jesus, and Lord it is all about all about sins and doubts, grief to bear. Oh, thank the Lord. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Woo, you got the spirit for me, girl. 
Woo! I know you. You went from zero to sixty just like that. Um, I studied. Uh, this, I had to take a class in Negro Spirituals, and you know they were like, oh, "This class was so incredible." And I, they were like, you know, the moon and to cry and to you just sing, just sing as if it's coming out of your gut because that's the way they communicated and the way they just got through the whole day. You know, it's just like such a it's such a beautiful, beautiful. You know, the best recordings I think ever are the um. Are the recordings for the um, the school um, Alvin Ailey School, mm-hmm. Alvin Ailey that they mm-hmm. have recordings. Those recordings that they have are the incre- most incredible things I've ever heard in my life. Incredible mm-hmm. revelations. It's called revelations. Yeah. Wonderful. I have one <laughs> last. <laughs> I have one last question for you. Are you ready for it? Yes. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh my god! Um, <laughs> oh, the, I know it sounds really strange. The greatest performance of my life by Shirley Bassey. The greatest performance of my life. Yes, I love Shirley Bassey first and foremost, but I do if not they, if they do, sometimes they don't have it, but sometimes they do have it. But they usually have mo- like real repertoire for Shirley Bassey. Anything Shirley Bassey really is like my favorite. Goldfinger, so. Goldfinger. My favorite Shirley Bassey is "Nobody Does It Like Me." Have you heard that one? Yes. If of there's a right way to do it, a wrong <laughs> way to do it, nobody <laughs> does it like me. <laughs> I love Shirley Bassey. I love her so much. Oh, yeah. Um, Kevin, I I can't believe, first of all, how long it's been since I've seen you last. I know. <laughs> but I've seen you, girl. I've seen you. I see you. <laughs> and I see you. I see you and I hear you. Congratulations on your hip replacements. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That I was know that big... that is life-changing. Girl, I, you saw me at my absolutely, like, the gagging up and down that road on that Gandalf stick, girl. I, you know, I want that. When I first got that stick, Safira uh-huh. got me that stick. You remember Safira? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She got me that stick. The stick was really long and big. By the time the summer was finished, girl, that thing was a little thing. It, it, it just whittled down to like this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a shillelagh. <laughs> It became a cane, girl, after a while, girl. I was like, okay, you whittled not... it down. That's and I hilarious. added things to it. I added things to make sure it could stand up. But after this summer, I was like this. This doesn't look the same way I used <laughs> I loved that you had the walking stick, though. It was just so perfect for you. Like I said... You were you were so regal walking down the one road in Provincetown every day in your calf hands and your one your Gandalf stick and bald head. <laughs> you just you carried yourself with gravitas. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you. And you so know, I've never been me. to P Town before. I never heard of P Town before. I got <laughs> so it was like. That place taught me a lot about being a black girl in a place where you didn't think black girls go, girl. It was incredible. I have never in my whole life experienced anything like that. It comes about that place has been there forever. They've been born there forever. There's been so many facts that go there. And I'm just like, I've never heard of it before. Never once. It's incredible. It, it, it is, it's like, um, it's like, I always say it's, uh, it's like a little, it's like a little, pocket town it's like a little it's like um it's like the opening scene in um beauty and the beast (laughs) when Belle wakes up i know someone did that that already where it's like hey queen hey queen hey queen hey queen hey queen or hey girl or whatever that's exactly what it's like that's what provincetown is you wake up every day at 11 a.m and you walk down the street and all the businesses are starting up and it's a bunch of bears and daddies saying, yeah. hey girl, while you walk the bears the got there, girl, I took a trip to uh, Miami. I couldn't, I knew those were much for me, girl. I was just like, wow. I was like, oh no, I can't get out of here, girl. These, these, these girls are going to be like carrying on here, girl. Let me get out of here. But uh, that, that, that weekend really scared me, girl. Really scared me a lot. <laughs> Bear but the lesbian weekend was really, the les- the Red Cup weekend was hilarious. Um, that, Bear yeah. weekend is when I always make a killing. 
Really? <laughs> they bears love theater. They just yeah, they do. do. <laughs> yeah. Bears bears make me nervous for some reason. They just make they're me not, nervous. They're not actual bears. I know, but I think they are bears, girl. Let's just get really scared. Do they got claws? Huh? I don't know. I just, I just feel like a little Goldilocks girl. I just think, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, please, no. Please I'm don't. just a little innocent lady. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being my guest today, Kevin. <laughs> I love you, girl. So follow Kevin Aviance at Kevin Aviance Official on Instagram. Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you, my love. Big kiss. And thanks so much for listening to Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Jinx. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts, executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.